Hey everyone, welcome to the Make Wake Podcast. I'm your host, David Baker. I'm so excited that you're joining in today because I believe all of us create a wake within our lives we live. And I want to talk about that in this podcast, how our wake we create can make an impact on the people around us. So let's join in today and make wakes together. so awesome. I'm so glad you're joining in for episode three of the Make Wake podcast. Our goal here at the Make Wake podcast is to provide a space for people who are creating a positive wake with their lives, whether it's with their jobs, maybe their hobbies or passions as they go through life. And this podcast is for them to actually share their stories. And I'm so glad today that I get to introduce a friend of mine, Paige Martin. How's it going? So good. How are you, David? I'm doing good. I'm a little nervous because it's like, this is like the first official, like, actual interview with a friend not like my dad in the first episode but it's just like such an honor to have you on the podcast how are you feeling about I'm this? so excited I gotta say I'm a little bit nervous too because usually I'm on the other end of this I am naturally the interviewer yeah, so the so fact funny. that now I'm answering the questions is gonna be whack it's so but... cool so yeah yeah like let's uh give us a little bit of a rundown for the people who don't know you who what you do and what you're all about right now yeah so a lot of people uh know me as a, a sports reporter I work um, for both CBC as uh, their OHL columnist and also Rogers TV as the sideline reporter and host of the London Knights games, uh, mm. which is a dream come true. I say that and I get so giddy talking about it. Um, and I also um, am working full time at Canada Life as a writer in communications. So um, I just finished school. This is my first fall season without school. What's that like, feel like? I mean, I'm in the working world and <laughs> there's, there's no exams. Like, you know, we're coming up on Christmas and there's no exams going down for yeah. me. Um, which is definitely something that I'm okay with. The work life is kind of like it's go time all the time. Like, yeah. for school, for it felt like it's like you have like, yeah, you got papers and stuff to do, but then it's like go time when it comes near the end of the semester. Yeah. But now with like work, it's just like... It's... Work is like, it's a consistent thing every single day. And like my alarm goes off at the same time every day. And I love consistency. And it's a thing that That's I'm so getting used to. It's nice to be in a, in a rhythm and just to mm-hmm. yeah, not, be, not be too worried about grades or anything that's like that. awesome so what did, what did you take at western because you just said you just graduated you're back you're now in work so what'd you take yes yeah, so for my undergrad um i did western all the way through my undergrad was a mix between western and fanshawe mm-hmm. i did a collaborative program which was so so cool and uh kept me on my toes i was studying broadcast journalism at fanshawe mm-hmm. and then it was um, media studies essentially at western and then i went on to do my master's um, in journalism and communication at Western as well. And uh, that was, David, I gotta tell you, that year of school <laughs> was so cool and so awesome. I got to learn from the sweetest profs mm-hmm. and um, their, their experience, like actually in the field um, and getting to learn mm-hmm. from them every day. And also my classmates, it was just you know, I got to, I've talked about this on social media before, but literally, I smiled every single day. Yeah, you say that in almost every caption of, of <laughs> in Instagram. It's like I'm smiling. Thank you for noticing. Yes, um, it's absolutely. important, right? I mean, it's it's important to be smiling and finding things that that make you smile. So That's thanks cool. for having me on this podcast. Yeah, you're making so me cool. smile. Yeah, <laughs> I love, you're making me smile right here. It's just so great that you're on. And uh, I, I want to dive in a little bit about the OHL thing because how did you get to the OHL broadcasting? Because that's kind of a cool story. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. Um, where do we begin? No. Um, so essentially I knew that I wanted to go into sports journalism. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a quick little story, but I always joke with my parents that, you know, I didn't actually speak until I was in grade 10. I'm the middle child. And like, I think, I don't know, I was just quieter. My brother and my sister are both, um, very extroverted and Mm -hmm. always have been. Um, and then it just took a little while for me to get there. Um, and I was always super into sports and um, essentially sports journalism, this dream was born for me. And uh, I volunteered with Rogers for three years um, doing the London Nationals games, yeah. which was the junior B team. And then I got the call up and oh, I'm going to let you on. So I don't know if I've ever told you this, but when I, I got um, the, the producer who does the Knights games with Rogers TV, he had done a couple of the junior B games. Mm-hmm. And so he knew, he knew what I did and what I was like and who I am. Yeah. Um, and, So he gave me a call and it was actually a text. He sent me a screenshot of the job posting, essentially. It was like, hey, come come audition for this. And I was like, okay. And I go there like super nervous. Um, Audition, go through the whole thing. And then I'm shopping with my mom about a week or so later. And we're in a store in the mall. And I get this phone call and he's like, hey, Paige. uh, So yeah, how would you like to be the newest host of the London Knights games on Rogers TV? And David, I cried right there in the mall. In the mall? Like actually physical cry? Yeah. And then my mom sees me. And she starts crying. So we are on... Did she even know what was going down? She knew exactly what was happening. Because she saw who was calling me. And then she sees the look on my face. She sees the tears coming out of my eyes. And, like, I mean, I feel like I'm being dramatic. But in a way, it was like, that was a a sign of, you know, one of my dreams coming true. And um, my mom knew that my mom has been there. She has not missed a broadcast. um, No, she's quite, like, she's, like, pretty proud about that. Even with, like, the Junior B broadcasting... She's like, she, I remember when she, when I met you guys, because I met you at camp. Like, yes. we worked together at Forest Cliff Yeah, camp. we did. And then from that, we you started coming to Vital Point Church, which was actually Forest City North Church at the time. Yes. And now it's Vital Point. The rollback. Yeah, that's a throwback. <laughs> but it's funny, knowing your mom and your dad for this, they're quite proud of, like, not missing, like, a broadcast. Which like, I think deserves a lot of credit, because mm-hmm. I'm not sure, you know, anyone who's listening has ever watched a Junior B London Nationals games on local... Rogers TV London. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the first choice of someone's Wednesday yeah. night unless you have a kid playing or yeah. your kid is holding the microphone. The <laughs> so, like, you know, there's not there's not like too many people who yeah. are tuning in. Um, but yeah, that just that just goes to show who who they are and mm-hmm. I, again, you know, where where I come from. But um, yeah, so then I, I got a little off track there. But cool. uh, we essentially I accepted that role like within a heartbeat because I think he could hear my tears through the phone. I was like trying to be a professional. I'm like, sorry, you just made my dreams come true. Yes. Um, and then, you know, it was really, it was something I was terrified. The first mm-hmm. broadcast, it was a preseason game. I go and essentially my role was very similar to what I was doing with the nationals, but obviously people actually watch these games now Yes. and they put these games on. Restaurants are so nice throughout the city to put these games on Yeah. in, in their buildings. And so that was all in my mind. I thought I was Like at going... sports bars, at like first yeah. period, your face is like on all the TVs yeah. at like Jack Astor's downtown. The amount is that of... still a place, Jack Astor's downtown? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, it is. I love, have you not been downtown in a while? I don't live in London anymore. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, it's just, I'm, <laughs> I'm an out of town person now. I was like, yeah. yeah, it's still there right on the corner. And I get so many Snapchats that are like just my face. <laughs> and they like catch me out. Like, of course, the perfect time when I'm looking beyond beautiful. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But it's just, it's it's a really nice thing that, you know, that happens. And so I was very aware that I thought I was going to throw up the first time I did mm-hmm. it. And I remember I was just praying and praying and praying. I was like, God, 
this is not going to be me. It has to be you. Please just do whatever you can. Like, shaking. Full on, Mm. like, people were like, what is up with that girl? Who's the new girl? What's she doing here? Um, And then, David, that broadcast went so well. And I was so giddy. And I was like, yes. I watched it. You watched it? Yeah. My dad and I watched it. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah. My dad, yeah. If you listen to the first episode... Uh, Ron Baker talking about creating a wake with your life actually talked about you in his episode. And it's like, it's funny because like he has two sons, my brother and I, and it's like (laughs) Paige Martin is his like adopted daughter with this. So it's, it's so cool. Like, but yeah, like we watched that first broadcast. It was a preseason game yeah, and it was just so cool to see someone like you of your age and it's so cool as a woman as well. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. As a woman as well, yes. stepping up and like taking on the role and actually stepping in and creating something and doing something. Thank you. Yeah, for saying that because I also walked into that room that night and it was a stark contrast because I walk in and I notice I was the only girl. And I sit down and I'm like, mm. oh, there's got to be more girls coming. Like, it's yeah. all good. Um, no. And the whole season, No. Um, you know, so that was something that I was kind of like, ooh, who am I going to sit with? Yeah, I'm sitting with the boys. That's what we're going to do. And so being able to kind of, you know, there was another barrier of getting past establishing mm-hmm. myself, you know, getting past the like, oh, well, why did they hire her? Mm-hmm. Turns out, you know what, everybody, they did hire me because I do know how to talk about yeah. hockey, not because I check some boxes because it's 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had that conversation with people and you know, well, great. You know what? It is time to have young girls on mm-hmm. a sports broadcast because now, do you know what's happening? When, you know, I am on and I'm sitting in my chair right by, you know, where the nights come yeah, out. Yeah, where they come out of the dressing room. Yeah. And um, that's also where a lot of people go to their seats. Kids come and get high fives. And there's so many times, like, I might get very emotional when I talk about this, but that now families cross and they'll have little girls and all of a sudden that little girl does a, a double take mm. and and I see them stop and I know exactly what's happening now but at first I didn't really realize and it was literally I see a girl pull on her mom's jacket look up at her mom point to me and then get the biggest smile that's on her so face. cool right you know and that's not that most likely was not happening when mm-hmm. when there was uh you know a guy sitting in that chair yeah, yeah, because yeah. you just well, you're, you're able to see yourself yeah. right so yeah, it's been it's been very uh, very cool uh, yeah. today at least. <laughs> so it's not, it, well, I know this personally about you. You're very passionate about what you do, anything you do. Um, working with you at camp, it was really cool to see you be passionate as a young leader as well. Because the first time I met you, we met at a picnic table in the calf of the yes, we uh, did. Yeah, of and the church. you uh, not the church of camp. Yeah, had long hair. Yeah, I had super long hair. Yes. Yeah, there was and I knew else. because I had seen you do a video for Forest City North. Yeah, vital back in the day. <laughs> um, and I remember, and it was I, because me and my parents would talk about who's this guy who can speak so well. Um, <laughs> and then I'm like, I think I was like, what I said to you, I was like, yeah, I once saw a video of you. Yeah. And I played at my church, and then That's that so was cool. like. The rest is history. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, but what's so cool about you is the passion you bring to things in your life. Um, it's not just your job. It's not just your your family. It's everything you do. Like you can see it on your social media. You're one of the people on social media that is really authentic. Thank you. Um, yeah, like I like because 
I'm on social media all the time. It's part of my job, of yeah. what I do at the church. Yeah. Um, I sift through things, see what's trending, all that kind of stuff. But I also have a lot of friends that I follow. Yeah. And I love following you because like you and your captions always say I'm smiling. And that's literally, when I think of Paige Martin, it's either with a microphone or smiling. Yes! <laughs> Those are top two things. Yeah, that's amazing. so good, right? But the passion I, I want to talk about mm-hmm. um, with you a little bit is... How do you bring that passion to your job and in your workspace of not just in front of the camera, mm-hmm. but also behind the scenes of at that table with all of the guys and people that you work with? How do you bring that passion to where you are in your life? I think it's understanding. The, that is a good question, Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, it's understanding that my job is not just on camera. Mm-hmm. My job, a lot of the work that I do, a, a good percentage um, happens behind the scenes it happens with the connections that i'm building with people um because essentially also in journalism you know you never know where a connection is going to be your next story Mm -hmm. um that's what we were always kind of told in school and i love that because i love connecting with people and just being able to to do that but i've also found you know i didn't kind of know um who you know i was going to be able to be in this environment i didn't know who people were going to be able to see Mm -hmm. and seriously spending so much time in prayer just being like hey god bring whoever you want to this table please um and just being able to have that and really you know be who i am who Mm -hmm. people know me to be because you know it's a it's a job that takes a lot of energy Mm -hmm. mental emotional um every single night there's a lot of prep before you actually get on there's so much prep tv yes Yes, the TV is like the performance part, Mm -hmm. whereas like through the week, I've already been, you know, thinking of my questions and planning my interviews um, and, you know, kind of deciding what route we're going to take. But then you actually get there and that's where it's okay. It's showtime, Mm -hmm. Um, which is cool. There's a whole adrenaline rush that comes with that. But I think it's just important if I'm able to bring who I am, um, which thank you for for Mm -hmm. saying, you know, someone who's passionate because um, I definitely feel passionate about many things in my life. If um, you weren't passionate, it w- you would suck on TV. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's true. It, yeah. it transfers. And I yeah. think that's also what people notice. People are like, whoa, who's this like kind of geeky girl who like gets so excited about things, yeah. right? And it's like that's all, all of a sudden like that's different than what they have. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's almost like a mold in, in sports journalism. And it's, it, it is getting better. I want to speak to that as well. It is getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a long way to go but at the same time people are kind of like whoa all of a sudden you know she has a little bit more like energy and that youthfulness Mm -hmm. and like that that excitement and that fire Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah no i hear exactly what you're saying oh i I want you to kind of dive in a little bit more on the idea of um the opportunity you get to talk with humans guys essentially on tv and, and and because I know you're passionate about that. A lot <laughs> yeah. of what you do is a lot of passion. Yeah. So something along the lines, can you can you dive in? How do you, because I know you, you are a Christian, you are a person that follows Jesus, and you're quite open about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want, like, how do you bring that into your interviews with guys and other people that you're interviewing? You know, this might, this might be... Um... <laughs> surprising um that's that's sarcasm but (laughs) it is amazing what happens when you ask um a a young guy between the age of 16 to 20 um about himself Mm -hmm. what happens to everything about him you know Mm -hmm. like he stands a little taller he'll often smile Mm -hmm. and just his energy increases and suddenly 
you know, his focus is taken off of the the raw, raw, you know, go, go, go of the game. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hey, this person actually wants to know about me and who I am. And being able to, it, there's such a stark contrast. You know, then you also get away from the cliche hockey talk as well. Mm -hmm. um, and you're able to just really show people who are watching and also show this individual that, you know, that I'm having a conversation with, like, hey, I actually care about who you are. Mm -hmm. Who are you when you are not on the ice and, and what makes you who you are as well. And, you know, I, I look at that as a form of responsibility, you know, as, as well, the fact mm -hmm. that I have that access um, because people can say, oh, you know, like I don't really like hockey and that's, that's okay. I mean, I might not understand that, but that's okay. Um, but I take it as my responsibility to show people, you know, why they should like hockey because there's a human behind the equipment. And I feel like, yeah, it's just, it's my responsibility to tell their story and who they are outside of that. Mm -hmm. Um, often you only hear about the guys in junior hockey who are performing well. And even then it's like about their performance. Yeah. Um, but there's just such an opportunity that I have found to really narrow in and say, well, who are these guys? Like a lot of them are still kids. Mm -hmm. They're teenagers to young Many adults. of them have actually moved away from home. Yeah. So many of them. There's like the odd one that you hear. It's like, oh, this is the hometown kid who still gets to live with his family. Yeah. And it's like, that is all of a sudden the story. It's mm -hmm. like, whoa, weird. You're living with your parents still and you're in the OHL. Mm -hmm. But they're going through big things. And in my opinion, sometimes OHL players get a bad rap for that. You know, whether it's like, oh, they don't care about school. All they do is hockey. Mm -hmm. um, it's like there's there's so much more to what they're doing and, and who they are. And, you know, I get that access to be able to bring that to people and, and shine light on that part of it. How can how can an individual, you've sparked an, a, an idea in my head, how Ooh. can someone in their everyday life help people tell their story? Because stories are important. You're saying it's, it's, it's kind of like you get a chance to actually let this guy speak for 45 seconds about what's going on, yeah. maybe either in the game or his life. Because I know you've had some really cool conversations on air, yes. actually. But how do you think we as individuals, maybe you're a young adult listening or maybe it's someone listening who has a family, um, how can people stop to be more intentional with actually allowing people to tell their story, not always us telling our stories so people always hear our voice? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I think that it comes with just having a genuine care for people. You know, you ask people how they're doing. Don't mm. let them just say, oh, good, how are you? Yeah. Don't let them, you know. Ask them, oh, well, why are you good? Hey, what'd you do last night? Mm -hmm. You know, what What do you do? Even in my new job at, at Canada Life, being able to ask people, you know, well, what do you do, like, in your spare time? Like, well, why do you do that? Mm -hmm. Oh, you like to either hang out with your family, you're playing... Uh, sports or you, you know you like to read well why why like what finding out and just taking that extra step it's amazing what happens when you go past the how are you conversation yeah right and you say and even just asking oh well why that's like mm -hmm. that's one word yeah. and then all of a sudden people are like well wait oh you want to continue this conversation you know you care yeah and just being able because I don't think that that happens a lot. I don't think that there's a lot of people who go past that next step and, and just being able to... Why do you to think that is? Why do, why do you think people don't go past the next step? I think there could be two things. I think it could either be that there's the hustle and bustle of every day and it's mm -hmm. just, you know, rhythm to go, oh, yeah, good, how are you? Oh, good, okay, cool, yeah. and then you go. Um, or it could be a fear of like, oh, well, then we're going to get into mm. like maybe a real conversation and like, oh, my goodness, then what do how do I respond? And mm -hmm. I think that you have to be... 
we have to become okay with being uncomfortable in things. Sometimes people might say stuff that will surprise you. Yeah. You know, like the other day I was having a conversation with a friend from work and she just kind of out of the blue, she was like, Paige, I haven't seen you in a while. Hey, you know, my, my dog suddenly died. And I was kind of like, oh my gosh, you know, like I, yeah, yeah. I was like, I was not expecting her to say that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be like, oh yeah, I've been good. It, it, but we went past that next step because she knows that she can do that with me. Yeah. And it was kind of like, and I caught myself being uncomfortable and I was like, Paige, you can be uncomfortable. This is an uncomfortable situation. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, being uncomfortable with the uncomfortable, or being comfortable with the uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, I think is very important. And we just need to, we just need to care for other people more, you know? And I think that at some point that's been, that's been lost. There's been a human element that has been lost. But mm-hmm. when you think about it, I always think about this, like if, if Jesus were in this situation today, um, this is very high level what we're talking about in terms yeah. of how are you, but like, seriously, like what would, what would he want to, what would he ask? What would mm-hmm. he tell these people? Um, and just allowing that to kind of be in your mind and mm-hmm. that your mindset and guide yeah, yeah, I, I love that because there's there's this human connection that we are missing with this hustle and bustle that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. There's this human connection that people actually are like, man, I just want someone to actually care for me. Yeah, and you know what? I was having this conversation with a good friend of mine on the weekend in terms of social media and yeah. how that can be something that tears away the human connection mm-hmm. as well. And so... I'm glad that like you can see who I am still on social mm-hmm. media. I think that's very, very important. Um, and like, there's even been times where I've received direction to you know not and to not caption mm-hmm. things sometimes the way that I do, just in terms of how like giddy and carefree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, like maybe Patreon, like with your job, maybe you should be a little bit more serious. Like, hey, do you know me? Like, I just want to have fun, man. Yeah. Um, and show that to people. Mm-hmm. And when I was speaking with um this friend of mine, she was saying like, people have just lost that. And suddenly you, you don't know who anyone is and everyone's just becoming the same. Everyone just wants to be the same. You're posting yeah. the same pictures, oh. same captions. Like, you know what's coming. And it's like, yeah, yeah like who, who, where's the authenticity? It's yeah. It's like, everyone's becoming the same. Now I know everyone's not becoming the same. No. Like we, we have to be honest about that. Not everyone's the same, but it is so funny I find it funny because I even see myself like I am a huge follower. I like I, <laughs> I, I really do follow people. Yeah, yeah. Because I like to be trendy. I really do. You are trendy. Thanks. But like <laughs> but in a way like sometimes I notice it where I'm just like, oh, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. This isn't like authentic David. Like where is the true David in these things? Right. Because that's what people like about you is yeah. who David is. Which is funny because you, you can, this is just a quick thing on social media. When I post things when I'm like, oh man, like I think like this is going to be really cool. People are going to really like this. It's an awesome like picture. You see this on like an Apple post. Like it'd be so cool of like my phone or my coffee or whatever. <laughs> and then it doesn't get much traction. Mm-hmm. But when I post something of a story of like, wow, like I've like, I've been pretty vulnerable on my social media lately of like when I'm getting ready to speak on a Sunday at church or before we launched the church in September of like how I was doing mentally and physically and the, the traction that it got of actual care. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like just the double tap of the heart showing up. It was actually a traction of care where there was a human connection of people being like, oh man, like I didn't know you were actually feeling this way. Mm. Like how can I help? Mm-hmm. How can I share my love with you? How can I help you how can i just listen to you and i think there's something that we're missing a lot lately of that human connection 
where like you said it's just like oh i'm good and then it's just on to the next thing either it's school or work and having to be on school and work and go time with those things but like i think there is something going on and i i actually got to speak on this a few weeks ago of the sabbath of actually resting for our souls to find rhythm and i think this is this could be a total other podcast as well but the actual rhythm of our souls there's a piece of it where there's human connection that actually help us be who we are Mm -hmm. and i i think there's something interesting about you Paige, um with what you're doing on on screen you actually get to start seeing people of who they are when you're interviewing them. Yeah. There, it's just like all of a sudden, like I, I've seen it on TV when I watch, like this kid's like, oh, that's not a question that I was going to be ready for, <laughs> right? And, and, and I want to ask you, like how do you as, um, as a young adult overcome the difficult times of actually stepping up and like getting up to the plate and like hitting them out of the park? How do you overcome difficult things in your life to create a positive wake? Hmm. Ooh, yeah, this is <laughs> heavy a, hitters. Heavy hitters. This, at this is one. a big one. Yeah. Um, I find, you know, there's two ways to look at it. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I'm gonna be honest with you, David. Like, my work environment is not always mm-hmm. a shining light. Um, it's not always the the greatest or you know most fulfilling environment to just be surrounded by. What I do really mm-hmm. fills me up. But you know, as much as I love it, I hear a lot of things and see a lot of things that are heartbreaking and the truth is that I'm I am a young female in a male dominated industry mm-hmm. as well so there's that that I'm consistently bat- battling and I either use that as something that you know hurts and sucks and feeds deeper into the narrative that is hockey culture mm-hmm. or I can see it as the massive opportunity that there is to be a light and for me mm-hmm. when it's something that's like oh my goodness, this is going to be, you know, so hard, like near impossible mm-hmm. to be able to come in and like openly share my faith and, and be mm-hmm. who I am. And it's not like I have to walk in and start preaching the gospel, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like Bible in hand. But in a way, at the same time, it's all about, you know, how you carry yourself. And I think that I really see something that isn't typically a place where, um, Christians would see, you know, that, mm-hmm. that chance. I see it as a huge opportunity. Yeah. Um, and since I am so different from what they are used to, it's even like easier because mm-hmm. it's not, like, there's a lot of things that they don't really know what to expect with me. Mm-hmm. I'll like have different reactions than what my coworkers will. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll have different thoughts on things, um, or different, different takes and opinions. And mm-hmm. it's been so cool to have a producer that like just loves it. And as always like, Paige, what do you think? Paige, what do you think? Hey, mm-hmm. what do you, what do you think about this? Yeah. And just being able to really zone in on that and and do that um honestly like it takes dave so much prayer um so much prayer and there's a lot you know like a lot of faith that that god is working even though it may not feel like it Mm -hmm. in the moment there are times to be honest where i come home and i'm like was I a light today? Like, was I, or was I just going through the motions? Like, was I just making sure that I said all the words correct and actually spoke English? Cause sometimes (laughs) like that happens. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I had, I have to be okay at times with being confused and also knowing that stuff is sometimes just going to suck. Um, and it can be hard when that goes on for an extended period of time. Sometimes it's like, God, where are you? Like, I've been asking you to help me in this situation. Um, but learning that, you know, that is all part of it, the the tough stuff, 
the tough stuff is part of what makes masterpieces so beautiful, right? Like, yeah. it, it, it takes time and a lot of patience, which mm-hmm. isn't always fun, but it takes... Patience and, like, contentment. 